Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanless Podcast. Uh, it's the 17th of May today, which means the indoor pubs are back open, uh, which is brilliant news and a great week for tennis again coming up as well as we get ever closer to the French Open uh, with Geneva and Lyon coming up this week. But the main focus at the beginning of this episode will be that brilliant Rome Masters final that we had yesterday between arguably the greatest of all time, Djokovic and Nadal. And joining me, we yeah, joining me to talk about it is Marcus Ali. I am Michael Gillett for getting to do the self-promo, of course. Uh, Marcus, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. Very enthused by the news, of course, that the pub's back open indoors. Won't be taking my hat, scarf and gloves uh, on, on a night out anytime soon, hopefully. Um, yeah, obviously excited for Geneva and Leon back onto the sort of bread and butter of the ATP tour. That we tend to see a, a lot more of these tournaments at 250 and 500 that, of course, being treated with the Masters 1000 events, which we were last week. Rome was a fantastic tournament. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to discussing that and, and the epic final that we saw yesterday. Yeah, so as Marcus said uh, in the intro there, Roma thoroughly enjoyable Masters tournament. Actually, the first Masters final, we've seen two of the big three come against each other in quite some time, actually. Um, I can't remember uh, when they were saying it was on Amazon Prime, but it did take me by surprise a little bit. The next-gen stars have done very well at the Masters uh, of late. Um, Nadal won the final against Djokovic, 7-5-1-6-6-3 in a match that... Had a lot of momentum swings, actually. Uh, both players went through periods where they looked unplayable. Both men went through periods where they looked very below par for their performances. And and, and there were times, I think, for both of them where I was a little bit worried uh, for them. But in the end, it ended up being a, a high-quality match overall on the balance of things. Uh, and I think Nadal just sort of proved for me that uh, he's just got a bit more on clay, of course. Uh, well, uh, probably a lot more on clay, but just a bit more at Rome. Um, it's a 10th title for Nadal, I think 88th title overall now uh, on the ATP draw, which is a staggering amount of uh, titles. Um, it's also the first Masters tournament uh, that he's won this year, having fallen short in uh, Monte Carlo and Madrid. Uh, so I think he'll take some confidence from this going into the French, uh, having got that. Masters title now on clay court even if he hadn't uh, he would have been the firm favourite for the French but yeah Marcus what was your main take from this final which as I say there was a lot of swings and roundabouts in this match yeah, it had a good ebb and flow for the neutral, I think. You were never really certain on who was going to take it until right up until the end. I think Djokovic had his opportunities in that first set. Obviously, Nadal coming through at 7-5, that, that was a big moment. Obviously, Djokovic taking the second set 6-1 was quite surprising, seeing Nadal lose a set 6-1 at Rome. Um, and is a testament to how well Djokovic has played this week. And I think it's a scoreline that he can maybe not be proud of you know he would have wanted the win of course I'm sure he sets very high standards for himself but it's a decent scoreline considering the time on court he'd had in the last two days um, coming into this match and it's always such a physical battle against Nadal so I think despite the defeat Djokovic comes out of this tournament with a lot of kudos and a lot of um, well just his reputation has gone up a bit I think on the clay court obviously getting that win battling back against Stefanos Tsitsipas 
um, who's had such a good clay court season so far. So I think, you know, he'll be happy with his week, cementing his place as, as, as probably the second best player on a clay court or the second most reliable anyway, you'd have to say. So, um, no, it was a really good match, um, a really good week of tennis. I know we, we spoke a lot about Rome and the lead up to the final in, in the last episode. You know, Nadal getting through that match against Denis Shapovalov was a little bit uh, fortunate, but you've got to make the most of, of your luck. And he certainly does that. I think Nadal, we haven't seen the best of him yet, but winning two of the four, I believe, clay tournaments that he's played, losing in um, Monte Carlo and Madrid and then winning in Barcelona in Rome. I think he would have taken that going into Roland Garros. And I think, yeah, he's just a player who maybe we haven't seen sustain the level that we saw from him at the French Open last year. But certainly if if his opponent level drops he's ready to pounce at all times and yeah you, you really have to be on your on the money throughout the match to have a chance of beating him and um yeah it's, it's going to be a tough task to, to get past him as we move towards that torn big tournament in Paris in two weeks so yeah I think Djokovic has, has done really well and done himself plenty of favours as we move into the French Open but Nadal still still imperious and and still the number one favourite of course yeah, it was a funny match, uh, as, as we both touched upon, both having really good periods in that match. Djokovic went the early break-up in the first set, and Nadal wasn't really, didn't really get out of the starting blocks uh, that quickly, then was sort of unplayable for the rest of the set. Although, as you say, Djokovic, I think, did have opportunities. And then that second set was kind of bizarre. Um, Djokovic did play very good tennis, of course, uh, as he has all week, but Nadal looked a long way below where he was and uh, in in the first set and has been in the tournament. Um, and I was sort of thinking going into that third set, Djokovic is actually on top of Nadal here, and I maybe would have made him a slight favourite going into that third set, which is, you know, says a lot in itself when you're sort of backing on Nadal to lose on clay. But uh, it just was another example of of the resilience uh, that Nadal has on the clay court surface. Um, as you say, a really good week for Djokovic, um, having had losses this clay court season to Dan Evans and Aslan Karatsev. Uh, of course, two players having very good years, but not players that we'd be expecting Djokovic to lose to on uh, a clay court. Um, however, you know, I've got to ask you, do, you, do we think that um, this in a way is just a bit of a blow to Djokovic in in, in the run-up to the French Open, even though he has had a really good week, it's the tournament on clay that he's had the most success at uh, in the past. And, you know, maybe he thinks if he can't beat Rafa in Rome, uh, can he really beat him at Roland Garros if he got given the chance? You know, if they do end up meeting in the final against against each other, uh, Roland Garros, if he can't beat him in Rome, uh, he's going to get rolled over in straight sets again, wouldn't you think? I think it's quite an easy thing to say that I think Djokovic's most uh, likely route to win in the French Open would be without facing Nadal. Um, you know, it's hard to see an obvious candidate to getting past him. But I think the the match that Sitsipas gave Nadal in the Barcelona final was closer than this. Obviously, it's not as big as a Masters 1000 event and um, and, and it was in, in Nadal's backyard. But I think Djokovic is not a player that I think... Has a, has a great chance of knocking out Nadal. Of course, they could actually meet in the semi-final, I think, depending on the draw. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling great about Djokovic in that sort of matchup against Rafa. I think, yeah, he's, he's just got it over him. He's still moving so well for his age. One thing that I thought might have 
gone or maybe could go in, in the next couple of years with Nadal is his defensive game might not be as strong, um, but his physicality is still unbelievable. Um, he's just an absolute monster on court and, and that paid off a huge effect in the final. So, yeah, I right now do not see Djokovic beating Nadal at the French Open at all. I see his main route to the title if someone's even a, a lesser name can manage to surprise the tennis world and knock out Nadal before it gets to that. Yeah, of course. Uh, you pointed out there, um, uh, just as you were talking, I was thinking, of course, Daniel Medvedev is ranked at number two at the moment. Uh, it's very close in the points, but I'm assuming uh, that it will be the same going into the French Open. I'm not sure if either of them have points that they're going to sort of lose in the next week with Geneva and Leon. I don't think either of them played uh, those tournaments in 2019, obviously, that would be. Um, so, yeah, it does look like that Nadal and Djokovic could end up on the same half of the draw, which is music to the ears of your Dominic teams, your Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, Alexander Zverev, um, you know, probably not Daniel Medvedev, uh, having not won a match at the, the French Open before. But, um, yeah, it, I think I'd rather see Djokovic and Nadal on the opposite sides of the draw because, you know, I, I think... Th- Though I don't really want to see a Djokovic-Nadal final as such, uh, I, I don't really want all of... Because in reality, Nadal and Djokovic are the top two seeds going into the French Open in all of our minds. And I think if we have sort of Djokovic-Nadal and... Say Djokovic-Nadal and Tsitsipas all ended up on one side of the draw, that's you know then you're thinking that someone is really just going to end up having a... Not a nice run but uh, someone who we really wouldn't have expected to before is going to end up in the French Open final. And, and that means it could be quite an easy win uh, for a Rafael Nadal or a Novak Djokovic if they were to get there. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have to say on the um, Rome uh, final. Did you have anything else to add, Marcus? Nope. All good. Uh, where you are, so yeah, that's Rafael Nadal, your champion in Rome for a 10th time. Uh, beating Djokovic, the five-time champion. So those two continue to be ever-dominant in Rome. Uh, still no final without uh, one of those two in since 2004. That will be a statistic that we bring up again this time next year. Uh, so in the next part, we will move on to preview Leon and Geneva. Okay, so yeah, as we said, uh, two tournaments this week, uh, two 250 tournaments, I believe, uh, in Geneva and Lyon, both on the clay. Uh, the tournaments in uh, the, the week before the French, although, of course, the French being moved back a week. So I'm assuming, I haven't looked at the calendar, but I'm assuming we're going to have a week uh, after Lyon and Geneva with no ATP to the professional circuits. Oh, no, Marcus is putting his fingers up at me. Uh, he... Yeah, I think there's another two um, after this. Yeah, you got Palmer and we're back in Belgrade, um, according to the ATP website anyway. So another couple of 250s coming next week. I'm not sure what the fields will be like for there. Obviously, people looking to train more and, and rest up for the, for the French Open, particularly next week. Um, so I think these draws probably this week might be str- stronger than, than Palmer and Belgrade potentially next week. I'm, I'm assuming that Palmer and Belgrade then have, been sort of organised quite quickly or maybe promoted up from a challenge level, I don't know, because um, obviously the French was meant to be starting that week, but of course, you know, um, Geneva and Lyon 
this week. And uh, in Geneva, Roger Federer returning to the clay courts, playing in his home country. Uh, it's the first time he's played on clay since Roland Garros 2019, uh, when he went out in a quite a comfortable defeat to Rafael Nadal in the semi-final. Um, it's actually the first time he's played Geneva since uh, it returned as a clay court 250 uh, in 2015, I believe it was. Uh, he hasn't played uh, at that tournament despite being in uh, his home country. He'll be the top seed. Uh, you've also got the likes of Shapovalov, Casper uh, Ruud and Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, the 39-year-old Feliciano Lopez, making sure Federer's not the only man nearing 40 in the draw. And also uh, Christian Gorin uh, in there, always going to be a threat at the uh, the clay court. 250 tournaments, having won a fair few himself. Um, I will pass to Marcus to go first on this tournament. He'll run through his quarterfinals. Okay, so at the top of the draw, I've got the top seed for Roger Federer to make his way to the quarterfinal. And I've actually got him to place maybe a, a minor shock in Marton Fuchovic, a uh, former winner of the tournament. And I do have the Hungarian to beat the Chilean Christian Garin in the first round. Then the second quarterfinal, I've got Kasper Ruud, who is the tournament favourite to come up against Dominic Kurtfer. Kurtfer, I'm not sure I show too much confidence in really, but I think he's got quite a nice little section uh, I think Lopez, I think he's quite close to Lopez um, and, and some qualifiers. So I think he can make his way to the quarterfinal. Now, the quarterfinal, the, the third one, I've, I've gone for qualifier two versus qualifier three. Two uh, anonymous players. Um, and this is purely because I have absolutely zero confidence in any of Grigor Dimitrov, Fernando Vadasco, Radio Pelka after a busy week in, in Rome, Adrian Manorino and Cazo, the youngster, of making that quarterfinal. And there's been some decent players uh, playing in qualifying. I think Ilya Vashka might be in there. Maybe I'm getting that confused with Leon. But some decent qualifiers that have had some um, good weeks on, on the tour lately. So I think, you know, that's that's my best bet to go for one of those. And then at the bottom of the draw, I've got Laszlo Jere versus Denis Shapovalov. Jere, uh, I've got him to get past Fabio Fonini, which could be an interesting match. I think Fonini, if he can... Produce if he can roll back the years a little, would have a good good half of the draw to maybe even make a run to the final. But I think Laszlo Jere has been a consistent player, particularly on the clay courts in in the last few years. And uh, yeah, I've actually got him to go on and make the final and lose out to tournament favourite Casper Ruud, who of course I have to knock out Roger Federer in the semi final. Okay, uh, yeah, some interesting picks. There's a few differences that I've got. Uh, do you say you've got Jere to the final? Just missed that last bit. Okay, that's an interesting pick. Um, yes, my quarterfinals, the top one, I've actually got Federer to place uh, to play Christian Garin. Uh, I definitely rate your pick of Fuchsovic. Looked very good the other week uh, on the clay courts. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a really tough one. But I do think the winner of that match uh, gets to the semi-final for me. I've got Garin to get to the semi-final, beating Federer in the quarterfinal is a very risky one. And I think if Fuchsovic wins that match, I completely back Fuchsovic to the semi-final, um, not doubting Roger, but obviously the first time playing on play in a little while, and of course with all the surgery he's had, um, you know, it's going to be a big ask for him. Casper uh, against Dominic Cope in the next one, I think that was the same one you had. Um, the third one, I've kind of uh, played it a bit differently. I, I've kind of gone not so much with the qualifiers uh, because I don't really know who they are, and I just think with Opelka, 
he might be a bit tired, but he's not really someone who has to uh, exert a lot of energy on court. If he serves well, the points are over very quick. And the way he served last week uh, makes me believe that if he can serve again this week in Geneva like he did, uh, he could do really well. And I've actually got him to run to the semi-final. Uh, I've got him to beat Grigor Dimitrov uh, in that quarter-final. I think it's a hard pick because obviously before Rome, Opelka was having a pretty torrid time on the clay. But I, like you say, I don't really have confidence in anyone in that part of the draw. And I think it could be any one of those, uh, what would it be, eight players, uh, seven players in that little uh, quartet of the draw. Um, Dimitrov not really impressing so far on the clay court. Uh this season, and then the last quarterfinal, uh, I have uh, Laszlo Gier as well against Denis Shapovalov. But I have Shapovalov to win that. Um, hopefully, he'll be quite hungry after uh, losing that match to Nadal and seeing Nadal go on to win the tournament. And then, just looking forward, I've got Kasper Ruud to beat Denis Shapovalov in the final. Marcus coming in. Yeah, just to run through those qualifiers. So rather than saying those anonymous guys, these are the. Uh, five guys that could get into the draw that could hopefully help my anonymous picks come through. And to be honest, I do back this field of players. I'm about to rattle off against Dimitrov, Vadasco, Opelka, Marino and, and Cazo. Um So Pablo Cuevas, experienced clay quarter, has, has just won the second round of qualifying to make it into the tournament. Also Henry Laxonen, the, the Swiss player. Uh, Marco Cecchinato, former French Open semi-finalist, of course. And then there's a match that is yet to be completed between Ilya Avashka and Mackenzie McDonald. Um, so, yeah, some some decent players in there. And those that have, to be honest, played a lot more tennis um, in the last few weeks than the likes of Manorino and Vadasco. So I think that, that was the main reason why I plumped for that. A bit risky in itself, but I think... I just couldn't really live with myself picking a player like Dimitrov, Fedasco, Manorino on what I've seen so far on the clay course this season to make it to the quarterfinal. But yeah, obviously both of us in agreement that Kasper Ruud uh, is, you know, big favourite to go on and win this title. Have any of the main draw matches started yet? Because I'm just wondering if we will get a chance to see those qualifiers go on to the draw, which obviously uh, in, in the sort of rules that we have, we can change uh once we've sort of seen the the qualifiers, so you know, once they come up, maybe no, I will we won't be, be able to see to... them. We we'll won't. Okay, fair enough. No, I'll stick with what I've got. I'll stick with Opelka and Dimitrov to get through. But uh, yeah, I'm after you read those names out. I'm not completely confident, and uh, Marcus is quite comfortably beating me at the moment in the predictions. So uh, it's kind of important for me to get some points. Uh, right. So that it was Geneva. Um, that. I don't think is being shown on Amazon Prime this week. Not sure. I, I know Leon is. Um, so I think Leon uh, is the tournament you can watch on Amazon Prime this week. And uh, we will move on to that. Dominic Team, the winner of Leon uh, in 2018. It's only been going since 2017. Wasn't played last year. So we've only had three tournaments at Leon so far. Um, Dominic Team uh, is a top seed. Stefan Sitsipas on his debut, the second seed. And with sort of the form that the two are in, I think it's fair to say Sitsipas definitely fancied his favourite to win this tournament. Uh, Diego Schwartzman, David Goffin are the third and fourth seed, two players who I think would like to find some form this week. Uh, you've also got the likes of uh, Cam Norrie, the Brit playing, Sebastian Corder, and Joe Wilfred Songa uh, playing a, a rare performance this week. But just before we go on to our quarterfinal picks, I wanted to talk about one particular first round match, Marcus, which uh, I know our DMs were 
on on sort of there were a lot of fire emojis I was sending when I saw uh, this match. Uh, first round match between Yannick Sinner and Aslan Karat said definitely two of the most exciting players uh, in in the world at the moment of uh, those up and coming players. Not that Karat said sort of young and up and coming, um, but. Honestly, what, what do you think about this match? And this is a match that I'm definitely going to try and watch. Uh, I don't think it's today. Uh, I, I think it's tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what, what are we thinking about Sinner-Karatsev? It's going to be a brilliant one, isn't it? Well, firstly, I think Yannick Sinner's got extremely unlucky with the draws in recent weeks. You know, he keeps running into Nadal and Djokovic and then he comes to Leon first round Aslan Karatsev. I mean, this this tournament, to be fair, has got an extremely good field for a 250. Um, you know, we got two of the top five playing and then Yannick Sinner and Karatsev, two, two of the best players we've seen this year. So it's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, Karatsev getting to that Belgrade final, but Sinner's had some good results on the clay as well. So I don't know, that win over Djokovic, you'd maybe have to say Karatsev has shown a little bit more on the clay court this season than Yannick Sinner has. Obviously, having that disappointing loss to... Alexei Popyrin a couple of weeks ago. But it's going to be a yeah, really interesting match. I am sort of more disappointed that it's happening in the first round. I would rather have watched this one in the quarterfinal or something like that. Um, but, you know, with the ranking system the way it is, we're going to get some, some matches like this. Um, so, yeah, but stylistically, it should be a great one. I think it was Dubai, Karatsev knocked out Sinner uh, in a, a three-set sort of brutal match. Um, I don't think he'll be able to have the same hitting effect as he did on, on those Dubai hard courts as in, in Lyon. Um, obviously, he'll be a, be quite a bit slower. So I think, I've, I mean, I've gone for Sinner. I do think Sinner has the upper hand if he can produce his best form on a clay court. Karatsev, obviously, a little bit more unpredictable in terms of whether his, his real power game comes off on the day or not. Yeah, you say um, that match uh, could easily be a sort of third round match. I think even with team and sits to pass in the draw, at 250 level, that could easily be a final. I think sits to pass and Karatsev. I mean, we, team obviously is just sort of coming back from, from a little bit out of injury. Uh, hasn't looked his ultimate best in the last couple of tournaments, but still has, has looked all right. And sits to pass can have, you know, the old weird loss at these smaller tournaments. So, uh, yeah, definitely unlucky for the Senate. Well, and unlucky for Karatsev as well to get each other in the first round. When you look at some of the names in the draw, um, you know, you've you've got Sinner Karatsev and then you've got sort of a Gilles Simon against Alias Bedene. Um, you know, with no disrespect to those two, but uh, there's a bit of a golfing class of those matches. Uh, so I'll go through my quarterfinals first. Got Dominic Team to beat Yannick Sinner in the first quarter final. I actually think uh, either one of Sinner or Karatsev uh, could definitely beat Dominic Team at the moment. But just because I'm so 50 50 about who gets through that match of uh, Sinner Karatsev, I've just stuck with Team, uh, hoping that maybe the winner of that match is uh, a bit tired after that. And they're going to have a second round against uh, Albert Ramos Vinolas, uh, who on my draw at the moment, it says, it looks like he's got a bye, but I, I don't. I think maybe the draw I'm looking at is wrong because he's not actually a seed. I don't know if we've had a player pull out. I think Marcus is just going to have a quick check on that, but that's all, That's going to be a really tough match. For yeah, the it's winner. going to be a qualifier. He'll play in the first round because yeah. we don't know those yet either. Yeah, I think that's just tennis draw challenge. It has the draw looking a bit weird because it hasn't got qualifier in that space. Um, but yeah, um, that's going to be a really tough second round for the winner of Sinner Karatsev. So I think I'm just going to back team just because 
you know, it's so hard to see which player gets through that part. Uh, the second quarter final, I've got Diego Schwartzman against Karen Hatchinoff. Uh, there's basically a, there's three qualifiers in this little quarter of the draw. Um, so you know, there wasn't really too many names to work with. And I think Schwartzman will be a player wanting to find some form on the clay after a little bit of a uh, poor few weeks, I think, really, on his behalf. Um, Hatchinoff as well. There's been a bit of hit and miss, or always is a bit of hit and miss, but I've got Schwartzman to beat him in the quarterfinal. Uh, third quarterfinal, I've got Pierre Hooves Abair uh, to face David Goffin. Um, Abair, a good player. I think I picked him to get to a semi final a couple of months back and did quite well for me. Um, yeah, Sebastian Corder, I think it was. Mont- Montpellier, yeah, you think you're right. And then um, Sebastian Corder in the first round will be a tough match. And then the second round against either Auger Aliasim or Lorenzo Massetti, who's coming as an alternate uh, for his, um, compa- uh, his compatriot, um, Lorenzo Senego, who's pulled out of the tournament. Uh, I've got Goffin to win that. I've, I've, I've felt that Goffin, for me, uh, maybe just got a little bit too much on a bear to get to the, the semi-final. I think he'll also want a good week. And I think he, he's had actually a, a good clay court season so far, Goffin. Um, played Monte Carlo and he beat Sasha Zverev at that tournament. Uh, and then in the next tournament, I, can't, I think it was Barcelona, he ended up pulling out injured against Cam Norrie and he's missed the other tournaments since then. But uh, he has had some good wins, uh, especially at that Monte Carlo tournament. And that last quarterfinal, I've got uh, Ugo and Bear uh, to face Stefanos Tsitsipas. Um, Gael Monfils is the fifth seed, but I've got him to go out in the first round to Lloyd George Harris. I'm kind of surprised that Monfils is still getting fifth seed. I think obviously he's being favoured a bit by the current ranking system. Um, but obviously, of course, always good to see him out on the court. And then looking ahead, uh, I've got Stefan Asitspas to beat Dominic Team in the final. Perhaps a little bit of a safe pick going for top seeds to get to the final. And I think I've actually got the third and the fourth seed to make the semi. So I've gone really by the seedings. Don't often do that. Um, but yeah, for me, just felt a little bit safer. The way Sitspas played last week, if he can do that, uh, in Leon, for me, there's no way he won't win it. Um, he's got to make sure he's on the same level. Yeah, I think uh, definitely more similar in uh, this tournament than in Geneva. At the top of the draw, yeah, I've got Dominic Team versus Yannick Sinner. Um, yeah, going to be interesting to see. I mean, I'd love to see Team Sinner. I'd also love to see Team Karatsev. I'm sure they'd both be really good matches. So, you know, I, I want Sinner to win as the youngster in that first round match, but I'm sure we're going to get some excellent matches in in that part of the draw. Then, yeah, just the same as you, Diego Schwartzman versus Karen Hatchinov. Hatchinov was probably a player I was looking to knock out early on, but couldn't really find a candidate that I thought was worthy of it. Uh, so I've got him to make his way to the quarterfinal. Then the third quarterfinal, I've got uh, Felix Ogialiassim to make his way past Lorenzo Massetti and Pierre Uguetabert to face David, David Goffin, just the same as you, and Ugo Mbert versus Stefanos Tsitsipas. Yeah, I've got Team Schwartzman semi, Goffin Tsitsipas semi, and then the same final, but I've got Dominic Team to beat Stefanos Tsitsipas in the final of Lyon. Now, my reasoning for this is not because I feel better about Team then sits a pass at the moment. It's not that I feel better about team going into the French Open than I do sits a pass. I just think he's a player in more need of playing himself into form. Um, team loves to have a lot of weeks of action under his belt before going into a big tournament. And I think we might see some tentative tennis from the bigger players in these next couple of weeks with the French Open around the corner. So I just think, yeah, I just think team might be playing 
might be putting a little bit more into it, feeling a little bit less reserved mentally and physically, maybe even unconsciously, knowing that he needs to get himself to a certain level before the French Open, whereas I think Tsitsipas would be happy with just sustaining this current level. Um, So I just think it means a little bit more to team this week. Um, But, you know, obviously, if it it did get to the final, I think Tsitsipas would probably come into its favourite. But yeah, that, that's that's my reason. I think team team needs it more, um, and I think yeah, we could see could see some players um, being a little bit more conscious about their bodies in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I've got to credit you there. To be honest, I mean that's quite a bold move. Uh, looking at the two halves of the draw, team has definitely got the tougher half. I mean, in his little quarter alone, he's got Karatsev, Sinner, Ramos, Minolas, uh, all players. Even Cam Norrie and Quarantine Mute, his second round match, I think either one of them, if they really turned it on, could beat Dominic Team, uh, with both of them having good results this Clay Corps season. Whereas I look at Sitsapas's half of the draw, second round against either a Songa or a Tommy Paul, third round uh, against, you know, a Monfils, Harris, Nishioka, or even Bear. I, I just don't really see anyone in Sitsapas's half of the draw that beats him on the way to the final. So I think maybe. Half of me going for Tsitsipas is more just because I'm more certain that he will get to the final. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a bold call. I think with a, a big lead over me in the predictions at the moment, it's one that you can afford to make. Um, and, you know, if it comes off, it, 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 I think it'll be probably one of the, the best calls of the season for me. I, I just think, you know, Diego Schwartzman as well in, in that half of the draw. There's so many players that could and probably have beaten teams. Sinem knocked team out of the French Open, didn't he? Um, no? Who? No, Sinem beat Zverev. Uh, Schwartzman knocked team out of the French Open last year. Oh, OK. Open. My bad. I, know, I knew that uh, Sinem had beaten, beaten someone like that. It was obviously, yeah, uh, Zverev. Yeah, no, you're right, actually. Um, but yeah, all players in there that um, uh, could definitely beat team. But uh, yeah. That uh, is pretty much it on Leon. Um, didn't really say, but uh, I will say, as, as he's one of my favourite players, really nice to see Joe Wilfred Songer on the uh, on the draw. Um, you never really know how many tournaments he's got left. I'm not sure if Leon has got fans at it. Probably not, because I think uh, France moved the French Open back so that it would come after their new lockdown. And so this will still be in the lockdown. So I'm assuming there won't be fans there. Uh, which will be a shame for Songa, but it'll definitely be nice to see him playing on his home soil. And I think he's definitely got a good chance against Tommy Paul in that first round match. I haven't backed him. I've got Tommy Paul to beat him just because Songa hasn't played too much tennis of late. But always good to see Joe uh, in the draw, a really entertaining player and a, and a great servant to the sport over the last sort of decade or so. Uh, so, yeah, of course, got to get a little word on Songa in there uh, i don't really have uh, too much else to say um marcus anything else on on leon no 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 other business in particular obviously that's sinicarazzo first round still leaps off the page as, as much of anything this week um i'm sure that'll be a really interesting contest but yeah just a, a great field for a, for a 250 you know four in the world five in the world Sinner and Karatsev, Diego Schwartzman, you know, Leon should be a really exciting tournament. Um, and yeah, all building towards building momentum, of course, for the French Open in a couple of weeks. I, I really can't wait for it now. Um, so yeah, that's that's all from me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. That match um, tomorrow, Karatsev-Sinner, as I say, will be on Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime 
and you're not working, you're not doing anything busy, why on earth would you not be watching uh, that match? Kratz Everton are going to be a really good one. Uh, and we'll see you uh, later in the week for the next episode.